This month's episodes are sponsored by Crossway, publisher of the English Standard Version of the Bible and many helpful Bible resources, such as the ESV Bible with Creeds and Confessions. This resource contains 13 important creeds and confessions from church history placed after the ESV text, including the Apostles' Creed, the Belgic Confession, and the Heidelberg Catechism. With introductions written by Chad Van Dixhorn, you will come away with a better grasp of history and original purpose of each historical articulation of the Christian faith. Available in True Tone, True Tone Overboard, and Premium Goatskin Leather. Learn more at crossway.org. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome back. It is episode 102. I hope you're doing well today, and we're going to just continue on in our series. Today we're talking about leadership, worship, work, protect, provide, lead, and love. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for the privilege that it is to be able to consider your word and think through what it means to be a man and also think through as pastors how we can train others to be men. And hopefully these words can provide a structure, a guidance, a tool to be able to lay out for men. Here's what what it means to be who God has made you to be as a man, not just as a human being, but as a man. And so help us to train our sons in these ways as well. Lord, lead this this time. I pray that you'd help me, give me words uh, to speak clearly, and help me to communicate the things that I've written down in a way that's helpful. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, so we're working through this series. It's been fun. I hope these six words have been helpful for you to just frame up what it means to be a man biblically. And today we're talking about lead, the word lead. We could call it lordship as well. Lordship would be a good word. I've kind of went back and forth on whether or not to call this lead or lord, but for the sake of the uh, clarity of the word and maybe the unclarity of the word lordship, I've kept it with, uh, I've kept the word lead. So we're going to be thinking through this in terms of how to train men and think through leadership before and after marriage. As a father who has sons at our home, and as a pastor who has single men in our church, and we have a lot of married men in our church, I want to be thinking through leadership in that context and how to teach them to lead. And so we're going to do this, we're going to break this down as before marriage and after marriage, and then make its application based on those contexts. So first, leadership before marriage. The first thing that a man has to do is to to learn how to take responsibility. We see this in the garden where Adam did not take responsibility, and so he left the decision-making in the hands of his wife, and she listened to the serpent and took of the fruit and ate. He did not take the responsibility that was rightly his. So as we're thinking about long-term becoming a head of household and having the responsibility of caring for a wife and children, we want to learn responsibility beforehand. And so as I'm thinking about children, little boys, they have a little kingdom that they are responsible for. It may be their room. It may be taking the trash out. It may be bringing the recycling out to the recycling bin. There's some sphere of responsibility that they have been entrusted with. And what I want to do 
for men is train them to be responsible from a very early age. Responsibility is never going away. There's always going to be things in our life that we have to take care of, that we have to do, that we have to steward well. And so I want to teach my son to look around him and wonder and and then get answers to those questions. What am I responsible for? And right now, as a six-year-old and as a, as a two-year-old, those responsibilities are different. And so I'm having to highlight for them, okay, here's what you're responsible for. Here's your responsibilities. Here's your duties. Do what's required. And they're doing what's required in those small responsibilities. And as they learn to take care of small things, they get more and more responsibilities. But taking responsibility, again, is never going away. So we want to train that and instill that in them at an early age. Second, do the work of stewardship or taking care of what is in your possession. What is in the possession of a man? What is in his hands? What is in his bank account? What is in his garage? Be a steward of the gifts that God has given. I just preached a book, I just preached a sermon in Ecclesiastes. And it's really interesting, in chapter 5, it tells us if you want to misuse money and not be satisfied with money and wealth and possessions, then you have all you have to do is just love money, wealth, and possessions. If you love money, wealth, and possessions, you can't enjoy it. But later on, in verse 19, we're told that, that money, wealth, and possessions can be enjoyed if God gives you the power to, the, to enjoy them. So if you love God and you don't love your money, wealth, and possessions, you can actually enjoy them. And I want to train sons, I hope you train sons and train the men of your church to be good stewards of what they have. Don't love what you have. Don't love your possessions. Love God and steward what he has given you. And so that just comes to maintenance, general maintenance. It comes down to just taking care of a vehicle. I mean, put air in the tires of the vehicle, change the brakes, change the oil. Learning how to maintain what God has given you is going to be so crucial and helpful in life. You're going to save so much money if you know how to fix something that breaks rather than just going out and buying something new. Teaching a young boy how to mow and weed eat their yard pays monumental dividends in their life down the road. Teaching them to work and to steward and to maintain is crucial, and it's going to be a great reward later on down the road. Stewardship. Do the work of stewardship. Then three, man has to make a decision. He has to make decisions, not just one, many decisions. What I see everywhere is people who are paralyzed about decision-making. They don't know what to do. And it's like they have to have a pro and con list for every single thing in life. And one of the things that's difficult in life is is making decisions and making them quickly. There are some decisions that you have to pray about and be patient and prayerful over a long period of time about you know what vehicle to buy or if we're going to buy this house or sell this house or if we're going to move here or move there, if we're going to take this position or if we're going to take that position. We need to be patient and prayerful. But there are some things in life that require immediate decisions and we want to train boys, train men how to make decisions. You see this all through the scriptures, Jesus making decisions and making the call and doing the action doing what's required. We see Paul doing this with Peter. He didn't wait and decide to talk to Peter later on. Uh, He saw that Peter had separated himself from the Gentiles, and he addressed it immediately. He stepped up and made the decision. And so we have to make decisions. Young boys have to make decisions. And I want to train my sons to be able to look at a situation and make the call. That's what a leader does. If you're going to lead, you're going to have to make decisions, and you're going to have to bear the consequences of those decisions if they're good or they're bad. And so we want to train them up to make a wise and educated decision, in whatever it is, whether it requires a long process to figure out or if it re- requires immediate action. And that has to be trained. Make the call and stick to it. And then service of others. 
we're always going to be people who love and serve others. If we're going to be leaders, well, leaders do serve. Leaders make the call. Leaders step up, lead from the front. They follow me as I follow Christ. But leaders also serve. We don't serve ourselves out of leadership. A lot of servant leadership is actually serving yourself out of leadership. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about wielding the power, the God-given power put in your hands and wielding that power in such a way that you serve others to see other people flourish. And that's a clear line of good or bad leadership. Are you leading in such a way that's domineering to people and crushing to people? Are you leading in such a way that requires them to serve you? Or are you leading in such a way that serves them and sees them flourish? Are you wielding your power for the good of others? Or are you wielding your power for the good of yourself? And that has to be trained. And all of these things can happen before marriage. It can be, this is the training ground. This is what we're training single men in our church to do and be. And this is also what we're training our married men to do and be as well. So after marriage, how does this look after marriage? So number one, take responsibility. Take responsibility for your family. If God has entrusted you with a family, look around and take responsibility. My wife is in my care. We are one flesh. My children are under my care, under this household. We are one flesh. This household is mine. I am the head of this household. God holds me responsible for what happens here. So I am going to take responsibility. I'm going to step up into this without fear. That's what men are called to do. This is non-negotiable. Men are the head of the household. Men are the head of their wives. They have to take responsibility as Jesus took responsibility for the church. That's what he did. He led the church and cared for the church and took responsibility for the church. There's a great line that I heard a couple years ago. Uh, it said in the garden, Adam said, don't blame me, blame my wife. And then Jesus, the second Adam, the true and better Adam, said, don't blame my wife, blame me. The man takes responsibility for his household. So look around and ask, what is my responsibility, my God-given responsibility, and step up into that. And then be a good steward. Take care of what's been entrusted to you. That requires you to know the spiritual needs of your family. It requires you to know the health needs of your family, the, the financial needs of your family, the fun needs of your family. It requires you to know your wife, and it requires you to, to know if your house needs to be power washed or not. If your house looks terrible on the outside and you're not doing anything about it, well, be a good steward. You're not taking care of what God has given you. So be a good steward and take care of what God has given you. He's entrusted you with it. Steward it well. Then make decisions. Families require decision makers. We don't make these all on our own. Clearly, we talk to our wives. We are one flesh, but then we make decisions. And there are a lot of men, a lot of pastors that are terrified to make decisions. And you know what? I think there's a lot of wives out there who are just begging their husbands to actually make a decision. And their husband's just saying, eh, they're, they're functional egalitarians. They're terrified to make a decision. Men, make decisions in your home. Talk to your wife, pray, and then say, honey, here's what we're going to do. Make the call. You steer the ship of your home. Don't be terrified about that. You take the lead. You make the decision. Don't you, don't leave your wife out of it. Don't don't silence her or not let her bring some concerns to you. But you guys pray about it, talk about it, and then make a call. Make a decision. What are you going to do for your kids' schooling? Make the decision. What are you going to do with, with your finances? Make the decision. Where are you going to go out to eat after church? Make the decision. Make decisions. And make decisions that are good for your family to where your family knows they know you care for them, you love them, you hear them, and you're out for their good. So make sure your decisions don't communicate, I care about me more than you. Make sure the decisions you make communicate, I care about this family and I care about you more than myself. And there's going to be some times that you and your wife disagree about this decision. 
And it doesn't matter. You got to make the decision anyways. That's going to require her to submit. And that's a part of her training ground is submission, godly submission. Part of your training ground is learning to make more and more and more decisions. Make those decisions. And then finally serve. You're, you're always going to serve. Again, th- this is before and after marriage. Live and make decisions and steward and take responsibility in such a way that your family flourishes. Your wife should be radiant. She should be glowing and happy and doing what God's called her to do. Your children should be happy and they should know my dad loves me. It shouldn't be a question. Finally, one example, practical example from the book of 1 Corinthians. Now, I used to use this in such a way that communicates don't use your authority in negative ways. Paul tried to send Apollos to Corinth. He wasn't domineering over Apollos. And so he said, Apollos, I want you to go. I'm going to plead with you to go. But he didn't demand Apollos go. Then my friend Paul C. Maxwell looked at this from another angle, and it was really helpful for me to see the courage of Apollos. And this is what I want to call all men to be, from the youngest age to the oldest age. Be like Apollos. First, we get the words, act like men. Hold on. My son just woke up. Okay, I took a quick pause. Sorry about that. First, Valor woke up and marched upstairs and snuck upstairs to get in bed with Jordan. And then Ransom just woke up. He thought it was 6 o'clock, and it's actually 5 o'clock, and that was devastating to him. But, okay, back to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Here's what verse 13 says. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Now, this had to be said because the men were struggling to be men. But look at the previous verse and what happened with Apollos because there was a case study about manhood right before this verse. Here's what it says in verse 12. Now concerning our brother Apollos, I strongly urged him to visit you with the other brothers, but it was not at all his will to come now. He will come when he has opportunity. Paul urged Apollos, we need you in Corinth, man. Get to Corinth. And Apollos said, nope, I'm not going to go. I've got responsibilities here. This is what God has called me to. I'm not going to Corinth yet. I'm sorry, Paul. Imagine the resolve that was required with Apollos. He knew who he was, what God had called him to, and the responsibilities that God had given him, and he was not sidetracked. And men, this is what I want you to be like. I want my sons to be like this. I want to be like this. I want you to be like this, and the men in our churches to be like this. Men who know what God has called them to and are going to stick to it. They're not going to abandon their post. They're going to step up into it, and they're going to worship, work, protect, provide, lead, lead. They're going to step up and make those decisions. They're going to step up and take responsibility. They're going to be a good steward. They're going to make decisions, and they're going to live for the good of others. They're going to serve others. This is what God is calling us to. So lead, worship, work, protect, provide, lead, love. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.